Greetings everyone, the Christian Marauder here. Now, what does the occult, deific mass, the wiles of the devil, the last days, and spiritual warfare all share in common? Well, let's find out today as we continue this series on, on spiritual warfare that I've been doing. But before we begin, while folks are still joining in, let me take time to ask you all listening here on YouTube to consider joining the Daily Renegade so that you can watch all the unedited shows and help build an alternative media platform before old social media pulls the plug. How do I do that, you ask? Just click on the link below and join today. Let's amen to that. Now, let's get into today's message because we are going to go hot and heavy today. So how many of you know that it never pays to try to fight a battle not knowing who or what you're fighting? You ever tried to do that? It doesn't work out too well. Not even in military history. That never worked out too well. The Bible says, by wise counsel, wage war. Why? Because, as Ephesians 6.12 says out of the New King James, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Folks, these are spiritual entities that influence people, families, cities, towns, nations, communities, creating what I call, in my own opinion, they create demon zones of occupation that bring ruin into people's lives by the promise of unbridled freedom and liberty. You know, throw off the shackles of tyranny, live free however you want to live. So they create demon zones of occupation. That's what I call it. So the question arises, how can you tell if you're living in a demon zone? Well, you can tell if you're living in a demon zone when your mind is imprisoned to believe terrible things about yourself because people, family have labeled you a failure, that you'll never amount to anything. Uh, folks end up mind reading. They think everybody hates them. So they live in isolations and you end up living in demon zones that attract bad relationships, that one failed relationship after another, thinking that you're going to find freedom in this person, but the abuse is all you find. You ever been there? You never find the right person. It just seems to follow you. I mean, that's a demon zone. No matter how hard you try, you fail to attain that old brass ring, and you always feel like the rug is being pulled out from under you. That's what demon zones do. A demon zones are where strange patterns and accidents follow your family tree that cannot be ignored. For example, you have in a family line uh, a history of really bad accidents, all with the same type of injuries. Just people die in these things. They just follow your family tree. Another th evidence of a demon zone is you feel trapped in the gutter of misery. You just can't seem to climb out of it no matter how hard. While these principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places create a life of addictions. That's a demon zone. You know, they create a life that's uh, all about greed and attaining power trips. It's all about attaining false religious highs. All these types of things are, cre are demon zones. In fact, in these demon zones, as I call them, things are stolen from you, destroyed, ruined. Things are slain from you, where lies rule as the truth, where you just believe the lies. Just as Jesus said in John chapter 10, 10 out of the New King James, the thief comes to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal, and to kill, and destroy. In other words, these create the demon zones for the principalities and powers to operate out of. Again, demon zones is my 
uh, way of looking at things. I call them demon zones of occupation that are over families, cities, and countries doing the same thing, stealing, robbing, killing, and destroying. In other words, is there a biblical principle that demon zones actually can exist, where, the, where principalities and powers actually rule over nations and such? Well, there is in Daniel chapter 10, verse 13. reveals how that a demon zones, these do exist, and that are governed by principalities. In other words, there was a principality called the Prince of Persia who delayed an answer to Daniel's prayer. And another angel came and fought the principality and the angel, other angel, the messenger angel, was able to bring the message to Daniel. And the rest is history in the book of Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 verse 13. You can read all about it there. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 26 reveals a biblical principle that people are taken captive by the devil to do his will folks we are in a spiritual war zone we all live in demon zones of occupation where we live that will grow stronger as we near the last days these entities also teach people occultic values that use the wiles of the devil to handle people okay are you following me in fact ephesians 6 11 reveals a little bit about this it tells us to put on the whole armor of god i'm going to stop right there and camp out for a second i'm going to begin this series and really get into the armor of god but i'm giving you a background for it right now to understand that why you put on the armor of god is because we are living in demon zones okay you need to wear the armor of god so it says put on the whole armor of god and we will continue this teaching on the armor of god as the series um, continues folks but I'm reading the scripture here Ephesians 6 11 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand or stand in your place stand within the Lord that's what that means stand stand just to stand against this stuff in other words put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil reading out the new King James well the wiles is a from a Greek word methodos, methodos, however you want to say it. It means methods. It's a, it actually means orderly technical schemes and procedures, how to handle a subject or a person to connect folks to make hell on earth. The devil has methods. He has step-by-step -step plans and strategy and tactics. He has arts and crafts and procedures, how to handle a person. You know, you, you hear all these spy novels. They have a handler, okay? Just think about it like that. You have a handler. They know how to handle people. They know how to manipulate. They know how to push a person's button and to create demon zones around them. Folks in the occult world, the New Age movement knows more about how this operates than the church world does. That the devil has methods, step-by-step -step plans, and how to handle people. To keep them living hopelessly in demon zones of occupation, he also captures people to serve the occultic world to operate as agents to work through. In other words, he'll, he looks for people to work through, even inside the church. That might come as a shock to you. Why? Because witchcraft is growing worldwide. There's a worldwide movement. I read another article how witchcraft and all these occult practices are getting big time. In fact, it's even spreading into the church world for some time now. And occult practices and all this stuff. But brothers and sisters, we're going to look at what these people do. They're conduits. They're used by the devil to create demon zones. And these people are held captive to the devil's will. They don't even know it. They're thinking they're doing great service to humanity. And they're, they're actually doing some type of good. 
but when you do battle you're not battling them you're battling the spirit behind them you have to restrain those things and loose them off those people and then let god handle those people and do with however he so chooses to try to get them saved or however he wills in their life it's up to god to deal with the people but, he, but Paul's warning that we wrestle not against the flesh and blood that's being manipulated by these, these entities. We're wrestling against the entities, and you need the armor of God to do so. In fact, we're going to talk about how witchcraft is growing worldwide here and how this stuff is getting stronger and stronger. In fact, Derek and Sharon Gilbert in their series on the seven churches of Revelation that's seen on Skywatch TV mentions the seven cities of the seven churches all had top patron gods which i call fallen angels that's what they were fallen beings fallen entities in fact sharon gilbert mentioned these false de deities appearing as finger puppets due to the many faces that one entity could wear in occult books like michael w ford's the sabeti mesopotamian magic and demonology and his babylonian magic and rites these finger puppets are identified as deific mass in ancient times they called deific mass veils put veils over heads of people to who um, the god of this world has put a veil over you know when you read the old testament these scriptures that talk about those things talk about veils uh it has to deal with the deific mass that they call nowadays in the occult world deific mask so what is a deific mask a deific mask is a, is a specific individual representation of a god or goddess's power energy that's manifest, which consists of a specific individual aspect of their character or personality trait or profile. In fact, a deific mask used in the occult world are used three ways, and they use them to create demon zones, but they think they're blessing zones, okay? These are used to create demon zones, folks. So these deific masks are used in the occult three ways to create these demon zones. Number one is when the practitioner invokes onto him or herself to wear the mask or specific personality trait of a deity that they decide to follow. Okay, Aleister Crowley channeled Lamb. That was a deific mask. Uh, Lamb drove Aleister Crowley crazy. <laughs> Aleister Crowley tried to practice time uh, travel or something of that order. He went nuts, okay? All these people want to put these deific masks on them so they can follow or channel the spirits. There's some, some interesting videos. Some of them I think was out in the early 1990s I watched. It was a good one. It showed some of these New Age channelers and stuff and, and what they do. And their whole voice changes and stuff. This is a deific mask. They take a personality trait or something of that of their main deity that they worship, usually the triple goddess or someone else, and they take that upon themselves to channel and get instructions and to meet their spirit guides. Okay, I'm just telling you, that's a deific mask, and that's what they do. They they try to get you to meet your spiritual guide or your spirit guide. They come as angels of light. It's all about channeling. That's what they do in order to get their instructions. The second way a deific mask is that's used to create a demon zone is invoked upon those that oppose the will of the spirit they channel or worship or to reward those who are loyal to them or to it, either to bless or to curse is what they're doing. So they use a deific mask to invoke spirits upon those that oppose the will of the spirit. Certain 
attributes. So they put veils over the heads of the people. They put these deific masks on a person to oppress them in order to make them comply so they become loyal to them. It's a form of an attack. I'm telling you this, I'm getting this stuff, I read this stuff from out of the occult literature, okay? I don't recommend people go there unless God specifically tells you to and, and actually protects you as you read because this stuff is whacked out, I'm going to tell you. Number three, the third way that they invoke a demon zone is to release a deific mass to be absorbed into a geographic area or into a family line in order to bring people in that area under the will influence of the main deity that they worship. In other words, you're held captive to the devil's will, so forth. They want to release something. This is where you have covens and stuff, and you have these groups of people who know what they're doing, and the church don't, doesn't even think this stuff has any power or nothing. They just blow it off. But it's to release the epic mask of a, of a patron deity that they worship to be absorbed into a geographic area to bring about its will to bring in, in order to cap more people to do the devil's will to make hell on earth that's as simply as i can put there's a lot there but i want to keep moving in fact families of witches or warlocks or the occult or medicine men will invoke a deific mask onto their family line and woe to those who try to leave we have umpteen uh, testimonies of people like um, Nicky Cruz, uh, his own mother. You know, the Nicky Cruz. Let me back up. Was a guy that was in New York City that David Wilkerson um, ministered to, and he got saved. He was dedicated to become a warlock by his practicing witch mother, a real brujista, a real witch practicing occultist, and he was groomed to take over that role. So he had to break that mold. And woe to those who try to leave. All kinds of things happen in their family. I minister on the reservations, and I deal with people who have this stuff in their family line. Medicine men in their family line. They take care of the, the, the pipe, or they take care of the rituals there. And if you try to leave, boy, things happen. But with the power of Jesus, those demon zones can be broken. For example, in Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, this I'm going to give you an example of a of what these deific masks look like in all three definitions here. I'm going to use the seven churches of Revelation that. Okay? For example, in Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, the city of Ephesus, patron deity, was originally Artemis. And it had a temple built to her, which actually is a hymn. I won't get into all that right now. They're very big on trans stuff and flipping genders. Okay? But by the time of Paul the Apostle, as the book of Acts chapter 19, verses 24 and 41 mentions, the temple was remade to honor Diana. And it seems like Artemis kind of faded out and Diana took over. It's best to think of Diana, who is actually Ishtar, or, or Azara, as, or Iana, is the head principality whose personality profile or character traits represent military procedures and methods used to handle humanity. Think of Diana character traits as orders given to military formations, legions, to carry out that aspect of her personality profile. Thus, Ishtar, a.k.a. Diana, they're the same entities, uh, Iana, Diana, uh, Azara, they're the same entity, just go by different names. They all have the same personality traits and everything. Thus, Ishtar, a.k.a. 
Diana gives orders to the powers, the rulers of darkness, to give orders to the host of wickedness to carry out the, the wills, the methods that Artemis or Aphrodite represents of their personality profile because they belong under the command of the head principality, that Ishtar entity, that Iana, Diana entity. Thus the Artemis finger puppet or deific mask is a dark power, a power of darkness, does its task to prepare the way for the principality Diana to take over an entire area. Okay, are you following me? For example, the Artemis mass, the deific mass called Artemis, is devoted to release the individual huntress side of Iana, Ishtar, Diana, into an area. It's usually invoked to take care of some sort of threat, either political, business, or trade, or religious, to gain dominance, and, and once the area is captured, the head honcho sets up shop. Diana and Artemis sits in the background and only called upon or invoked as needed to inflict an attack if it's threatened. In fact, Ezekiel chapter 13, which I read last week on spiritual warfare, captures the ideas of this out of the New King James. And it reads, Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the people who sew magic charms on their sleeves and make veils or masks, those deific masks. In other words, you put somebody in your pocket, making it very simple. There's a lot more complexity here, but we don't have time to go and delve in really deepness here. I'm just going to make it simple. You sew magic charms on their sleeves means you want to put somebody in your pocket and you make veils, masks, for the heads to cover the people of every height and stature to hunt souls. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? Again, this is sort of the Artemis or the Apollo or some type of deity that's going to go hunting for souls is released into an area in order to make it ready for the head principality to set up shop. These are military formations. They're deific mass military formations. And the Lord goes on, Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? In fact, verse 19 out of Ezekiel 13 reads, And will you profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and pieces for bread, killing people who should not die, and keeping people alive who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies? And look at verse 22 out of the New King James. Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad, and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked, so that he does not turn from his wicked ways to save his life. When I read this scripture, my mind was like blown. I'm going, wow, this describes how the occult world works, how the military formations work. I mean, they, they want to make as many wicked people as they can, so they don't turn to God to save their own life. And they do it by strengthening them with lies. And they lie to the righteous, so the righteous doesn't no longer fights the righteous no longer wears the armor of god why so they can kill people who should not die that does that also means physical death as well as spiritual death or, or financial death or whatever you're talking about they want to rob kill and destroy that is their game plan listen to me folks this is stuff is serious it's real we're watching it happen today now I'm going to go a little background here. After Ephesus became a center of commerce, the spread of triple goddess worship spread over a large area, and the temple was reshaped to worship Diana, who was Ishtar, who was Azeroth. Okay? The worshippers and the priest and the priestess, they wore the deific mask to channel that patron's god in order to get their marching orders and what to do. 
It's either to protect and prosper their own or destroy and remove threats. They also use blood rites or sex magic rites, all under the influence of Diana to release the top main patron gods of Ephesus to dominate a region and its people. In other words, you know, there are about three... I, when I did my old god series, I only listed probably the first top three patron gods. They usually had five. They maybe had seven top patrons. But they have one leader and then a bunch of them underneath. So those were the patron gods, okay? So the top patron deity was Diana at that time. It was the DFX mass. Artemis troops came in there, made the way the legions did for Diana to raise. I always call Diana or Ishtar or Azeroth. It's the same being. That's because they have the same character traits, the same personality profile as the Whore of Babylon or over. Their aspects is the love goddess. Their as aspects is the huntress. They're the aspect of commerce and makeup and all this other stuff and all kinds of arts and dark magic and all this stuff. That is what Ephesus became. It was a, as the center of commerce. Once it was reached, now they had the commerce to spread their wares and build up a financial base to spread that type of witchery and witchcraft and sorcery all over a region sort of what we're seeing today with the rise of witchcraft. Well, folks, let's recap this. Diana, a.k.a. Ishtar's personality profile, and in fact, all the false gods, they're actually fallen angels. Their character traits reveal their marching orders that are given to a specific deific mask, a finger puppet, in order to carry out in an area or in a family line or in a person. And the purpose is to get the people to mirror how to act and live their lives according to the storylines. That's their strategy, that's their tactics. For example, if there's a lot of enemies out there, they will invoke an Artemis warrior goddess side of Diana, which consists of hosts of wickedness called legions, is sent to weaken the nature of manhood designed by God to protect his family, his wife, and also to bring ruin into gender roles where women aspire to be just like the warrior vixens, of Disney movies, so to speak, and all the males are made into appear as helpless wimps, and they are sent to hunt, to seek out, and destroy those that oppose their commander's will or seek to stop it. In other words, Artemis legions are sent to take care of potential problems, okay, and get rid of them. Another example is seen in Diana's Aphrodite legions, those deific masks there that are sent forth to release seduction, sex, lust, sexual immorality into an area or down a family line or however, as well as the, the destruction of gender roles where men turn into women and women turn into men and create demon zones where people mirror the Aphrodite side of Diana as a normal cultural social norm. Again, you got to think of these deific masks that create demon zones as military formations that equal legions under the command of their head principality, our power, our ruler of darkness of this age, our, our so that released a host of wickedness in the heavenly places, okay, to carry out the will, the order that's revealed by the personality profile such as, as Artemis' side of Diana. It's a military formation to carry out the will of the huntress personality profile. The personality profile is like the orders are the methods in which to seduce and to slay your enemies. Are you following me? 
So they send out Artemis legions or Aphrodite legions into an area to help manage to keep folks under the sway of the evil one and to handle people who oppose their commander's will. Okay, are you following me? The occult world knows what they're doing. The church is largely ignorant. But is there Bible evidence that these things are called legions and all this stuff? Is, is, there, is there any Bible precedent for this? Is there anything? And the answer is yes. And one of the places it's found, and besides Ezekiel chapter 13 there, which I read, is also found in the story of legion that's found in Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And people read these uh, verses and they expound on them, and then they kind of miss what is going on. So when I was reading uh, Reversing Herman by Michael Heiser and read The Unseen Realm by Dr. Michael Heiser, and I started reading some of Derek Gilbert's books, and this was during a time when I was trying to wrap up my own research on these deities. I ran across these guys. I'm going, wow. And I now I have even more research to do because I can check their uh, documentations. And, and this is what I found. They're all talking about this stuff. Okay, um, so if you know how to read and look at the Bible, just a little bit different that Jesus battling these demon zones and these principalities as he walked about earth. He, he was setting a, a precedent here. He's, he's saying, and he went eventually to Mount Hermon and he picked a fight. And uh, like um, Carl Gallup said and Dr. Heiser said, you know, it's like they picked a fight with, with the enemy. He, Jesus went to the cross and he won. Okay, it's like picking a fight. He went to reverse Herman, the curse on Herman, and the devil's scheme and plan. So you have Jesus who's going across the Sea of Galilee in a boat in Mark chapter uh, 5 there. And he crosses the sea amidst the violent storm, and he was asleep. And disciples wake up and say, we're going to die, we're going to die. Then Jesus calms and rebukes the storm and the waves. This is usually taught in such a manner that it, that it talks about the power of the Lord calming the weather and calming your storm, which is 100% right. No, nothing wrong with that. But the storm also represents the storm god of that area who was known as Adad. Some of them possibly Enlil and the deity of fresh water whose name is Enki. Inki. So both principalities had under them legions to carry out their commander's personality traits over an area. So you had two of them working together, okay? And I want to just back up. And Jesus went, calmed the storms, went immediately to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and there was a man of the Gadarenes that came out, and he, he, had, he was possessed by legion, somebody named Legion. You know, let's look at the size of a Roman legion at that time. It was a military formation. And a legion consisted of about 6,200 to 6,000, maybe 800 men at that time. At that time, when, when uh, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, there was occupying Roman legions in the area. And so they set up a, a camp. And so the camp would be their headquarters where the leader was. And they would have about 2,000 men in that area. Okay, and then 4,000 of that legion are dispersed throughout a rounding countryside to enforce Caesar's will. And so, so they rotate out of the camp. 2,000 men would rotate out to take over a place and give the other guys guarding everything some R&R, &R, rest and leisure for a time. And there was always 2,000 men surrounding the commander. So folks, let's get back to the story of Mark chapter 5 verses 1 through 20 where Jesus was confronted by the demon-possessed man. 
And this man was under the sway of a legion commander, because he said his name was Legion, for we are many. What he was describing, if you know the vernacular and what he's saying here, he was he was the headquarter camp for the host of hell. At least 2,000 of them would come in and take up resident and drive this guy nuts, okay? You can read about it in the text. Read about it. It's interesting how there were around 2,000 pigs that spirits, when Jesus cast them out, went into and they dove off of a cliff into the deep. And what did Jesus do? I got to tell you what Jesus did. And the man who got the demon cast out of him, all these demons cast out of him, Jesus, you know, so they want to follow Jesus. Jesus says, no, you can't. You're going to go into the ten cities of the Decropolis. Go to the ten cities. And you're going to proclaim to them the word of God and so forth, etc. It's just interesting, interesting how the Lord works, you know, how to crack open demon zones you take care of the headquarters first and he sent one man to mop up just just a little little food for thought there now let's tie all this back to how deific mask works thus the deific mask released into an area lower rank entities to enforce the command aspects of its top commander say artemis or nurgle aspect of a military formation these are identified in ancient cities by the specific temples that they have to its main patron god and its sub patron patron gods the temple of aphrodite for example invokes a deific mask some people call a finger puppet of the love goddess military formation of iana sent to seduce and create sexual chaos and all manner of sexual perversion and gender bending into an area to enslave people to moral sexual depravity in order to get god to wipe out humankind or man to make chaos so god has to act and punish these people for doing this okay this is how the Ephesians 6.12 crowd works, and how they appear as angels of light, and gets those held captive to use deific masks, and release these into themselves, like the man, the legion did, the man who had legion, and then against their opponents, just like the pagans of old did. What did the man legion do? He attacked people. Okay? Just keep tracking with me. Ancient pagan world did this in their temple rites. They invoke with the sex magic rites and all the blood rites stuff in order to invoke spirits to be released and do it. This do uh, damage to those who oppose the, them, especially Christians. And that's how they did it. Now we have a rise in witchcraft in earth, on this earth right now in the last days. It's people are following after the devil because they're going after the new age movement big time. And the church is largely ignorant of how all this works and how the devil's devices work. And one key to defeat these, deific mask, and from this stuff is to, for the corporate church body in unison and focused prayer that's based on binding, restraining, or loosing, untying, or destroying the enemy's schemes. I taught about that last week on that, how to do that. It's a corporate focused prayer where you come together and you, and you pray and you want to restrain the work of the enemy in the area that's being released in that area and you can do it with two or more gathered in my name. You know, one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand to flight. Imagine what thirty people could do would just pray with a intent focus and they know their area, they know what's attacking them, they know how to identify the stuff, and they're praying against it. But in the last days, folks, we're going to see more and more people come under the influence of these deific masks and these spirits that are going to, 
to make demon zones out of the area that you live that'll be seen felt worldwide for example let's go back to ezekiel 13 verse 19 out of the new king james and you will profane me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread killing people who should not die and keeping people alive who should not live by lying to my people listen to lies verse 22 because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad whom whom i'm not made sad and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked so he does not turn from his wicked ways to save his life and these demon zones these individuals are releasing stuff so in these demon zones we experience and we actually will see the destruction of the family the the removal of men from their protective role to tend and guard and protect the family in other words that you get to see men believing lies about chasing after other things or to emasculate do everything to make men as evil patriarch wife beaters you know the emasculate godly manhood who who doesn't ever do anything like that and they paint men as abusive wimps selfish wimps and they want to make men pajama boys okay you'll see that you'll see that manifest you'll see it and it'll grain big time that's why you know there's an, an artemis spirit that's hunting souls and you'll see another uh, entity say saturn or something like that where they're seeking to kill off the population because god seeks godly offspring so you see abortion on demand growing and growing and growing and you'll have uh, a certain distractions in women and we just had an article just out not too long ago saying that the population in the United States and the West is dropping by 30% because women are delaying having babies and it's too late. But by the time the biological clock starts ticking and they go, I think I want to have kids and it's too late. Well, you'll have this type of push. You'll see this about career. Remember, Diana is about commerce and careers. Okay, just think, just just. Just put this stuff in your back pocket. Think about it for a second. You'll see push for new mores to accept depravity, abuse, and addictions as the greatest possible good, despite all the contrary evidence seen in broken lives, crazy mixed-up people, shattered lives that it produces, the financial burden that's placed on worldwide and on society itself. It's all just ignored. Just keep living. Just live free. Look at Ezekiel thirteen nineteen. It says, By lying to my people to listen to lies because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad lies that come in slow stages or methods to push certain agendas for example they want to push the retrosexual phobic agenda i bet you that's a new term you haven't heard <laughs> the retrosexual phobic agenda and they want to push this through using the psychological term of behaviorism and the model of behaviorism will be shaped by the media, movies, and the elites, and the news media. Why? They want to get people to accept in mass, and even in the church too, folks, and gleefully shout hallelujah and all kinds of things. Little children dressing in heterosexual phobic attire and gender flippers reading in the libraries and in churches to kids with the loud applause and joyous cheers and approval of admiring brainwashed adults 
Jesus said things like this will be seen in the last days. That's why it is important to know about deific mass. Why it's important to know what we're fighting and how to fight against it because we're going to see these things in the last days. Luke 17:28 out of the New King James, Jesus says, Likewise, as was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they were given, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Speaking of commerce, just think about the entity here being that was over Sodom and what was going on. But then on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and, and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, three men appeared again. This is a theophany of the Godhead, you know, however you want to read it, angels. I'm just I'm not going to go there and explain or break that part down. I'm just saying three entities, three beings. One of them had to be God because it says Abraham spoke with the Lord. It's a theophany of the Godhead here. And God said in verses 22 through 33, God said the outcry against Sodom is great, that he was going to destroy the cities on the plain where Lot lived. And Abraham's interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities on the plain. He said if 50, 40, 30, 10 righteous were, were found, even God himself, if, that, no, if only 10 would be found, I would spare the cities on the plain. So he sent two messengers to Sodom in Genesis chapter 19. It talks about that. And they only found Lot as righteous just as the apostle Peter wrote about. And they warned of the pending doom. Okay, why they warned, warned of the pending doom the men of Sodom came out wanting to rape the men. Folks, their heterosexual phobic bigotry is not about love, but a rather dominance. For example, within five years of legalized heterosexual phobic marriages being legalized in the USA, what do we see now? Well, we see, for example, corporations like Chick-fil-A all kowtowing to this discrimination of bullying by the heterosexual phobic bigots. We see in schools that kids are being taught heterosexual phobic sexual activities at the earliest of grades. We see never-ending genders, the, the Q gender, the Y gender, the A, the Q, the Martian gender, whatever. We see uh, children paraded around as transgendered children being exploited on TV, marketed around and play, paraded around on the streets as the greatest thing since the napkin. We have drag queen story hours in libraries and now even in some churches. Folks, all this comes down to we have men in women's restrooms, dressing rooms, and locker rooms. It's about dominance. Just think about it. It's about dominance. Just think, folks. Abraham spoke with God, and God sends two witnesses to check out Sodom to see how bad it was. And Jesus said, remember, as it was in the days of Lot, so will it be when the, one of the days of the Son of Man. No wonder God sends the two witnesses mentioned in the book of Revelation, folks. No wonder he sends them. Well, with that, let's just keep moving on. Folks, where deific masks are released, we will see an insane push to remove decency, common sense, moral virtue, and godliness. We will see a push for anti-Semitism against the Jews and an utter destruction of Christianity off this planet, the likes you haven't seen, just as we are witnessing develop today in the West. We see a push for safe places tucked safely away from moral decency. 
our rationality. We see a push to normalize the profanely evil as the greatest loving proof of goodness, while the true goodness is promoted as the greatest backward-thinking evil there is. And there you will also see in this type of push a move for a worldwide applaud for a one-world type of government to rule all and give you all the goodies you want. These are just a few evidences of how a principality will govern its demon zones. And these are real, and they are in operation today, and we have the evidence of them, plethora of evidence of their operation. The bottom line is, we live in demon zones. It's a time of spiritual warfare, folks. Demon zones are set up so entire nations are handled to accept depravity, abuse, neglect, and all the evil. Despite all the evidence of the broken lives and the financial burdens it places, demon zones push hell into people's lives to make hell on earth, to make people live in hellish relationships. So how do we survive this assault? The answer is we got to put on God's armor. The Apostle Paul lived during a time when demon zones were in full gear. In the paganized world, he taught how to combat demon zones. In Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. And folks, we are taught to put on the armor, but how to put it on, we're not so much. We think of getting dressed in the normal manner. It's not quite like that. There's more to it than that. What's missing is this. What do you do before you get ready for your day? For example, what do people do after getting up in the morning? Well, they get cleaned up. They get ready for their day. They take a shower. They get cleaned up. They have a cup of coffee. They eat breakfast. Hopefully, you'll read your Bible while you're reading and you're drinking your coffee. Therefore, before you put on, you've got to get cleaned up and you've got to get ready for the day. Ephesians 6.10 points this out in a unique way. Before putting on is how we get ready. Ephesians 6.10 reveals how we get ready in three ways. Let's look at this verse again. 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, number one, be strong in the Lord. The second one is, and in the power. And the third, of his might. So you have the strong power and might. So that's what you have. You have these three things. Being strong in the Lord, strong in the power, and strong in the power of his might. We're going to look at these word definitions. Strong in the Greek text means to be strengthened with vigorous, enduring strength. The context applies being within the Lord himself is how you become strong in the Lord. Be in the Lord. Be found in him. This means one gets this kind of strength from knowing him personally, and we get to know him by his word, the Bible. Okay? It's very important. only way to get to know the Lord is through the word of God. In the last days, the entities are going to release deific masks on, even in the church. And what they're going to do is attack the church like they did, like the devil did Eve. Has not God really said? The devil is trying to seduce the church world to disavow the word of God, just like he did Adam and Eve. God gave a command, do not touch of this tree. And he caused, caused them to question that by offering them the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the, and the lust of the eyes, okay? To make one wise, okay? Just think about that. It gets kind of heavy here, so just think about that. In order to avoid that, you have to know the word. You have to stay in the Bible the word of God. This means 
only way to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ is by the Bible. The Bible will teach you his character traits, who he is, how he acts like, what he does, how sovereign he is. Everything about the Lord is in the Bible, and you're safe. The Lord wants you to obey his word, and he gave it to you. And not to obey secret revelations from an elect select few who have angel encounters who bring secret doctrines that disavow the scriptures and say you really don't need the bible just need to cherry pick verses but the rest of it we we well the, the devil cherry picked verses with jesus when he tempted him remember and jesus rebuked him three times okay you don't turn stones to bread you don't jump off a of high tent pinnacles to do things and tempt the lord okay only the Lord you will worship. You're not going to try to take over the world. All that stuff. Man. So to be strong in the Lord is to be strong in himself by getting to know who he is. And how to get to know him is through the word and through prayer. So as you're reading the Bible, you begin to get to know him. And the Holy Spirit will, will actually draw you into the Bible and not on to other things. And this gives us vigorous, enduring strength in the Lord. That's how we start to get ready to put the armor on. You got to know who God is through the word. And you have to get ready, okay? Eat your bread in the morning. Eat your breakfast of the word, okay? Get to know who God is. Next way we get ready is in the power of his might, okay? Let's look what the word power means. Power means presence and significance of force or strength rather than its exercise. The idea here is of a police officer is the best way I've heard it taught. There's really no other way to teach it. A police officer has a uniform, a badge, and a gun, and a baton. And you know, just by the way he's dressed, <laughs> you know he has authority. He has a presence. So that's what that word means. Be in the strength, being in the authority, the power, the authority. Where the, you know, okay, that's what that's talking about. This is like Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, Jesus lives within us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Where does he live? He lives inside of us. So we therefore have a badge. I'll give an example of what this badge does. Because people, the demonic world will know the badge. They'll see you dressed out with Christ in you, the Holy Spirit in you, and things will happen. In the book of Acts, the sons of Sceva tried to cast out a spirit out of somebody, and the guy in the spirit spoke out of this man, who was wearing a deific mask, no, no less, being under the influence of this thing, said, Jesus we know, and Paul, the apostle, we know, but we don't know who you are. See, they didn't have any badge. They were not sealed with the Holy Spirit. They are trying to do it uh, the ancient pagan deity right way in other words i won't get into that but basically what the pagan world and how they taught how to cast out spirits you used other spirits to cast out spirits okay <laughs> and then the spirits would leave and then the whole idea was to clean the house so the head principality can bring seven more back in far worse than the last that left okay that's the idea because satan's kingdom is not divided so sons of Sceva couldn't cast it out because they didn't have the badge. But if you wear the badge, the demonic world will know who you are right away. And that makes you a target to the occult. The occult world will recognize that and they'll send stuff your way. And a lot of times people don't know that they're wearing the badge of Christ because Christ in you the hope of glory and they end up getting beat up. But you got to know. 
You got to be strong. You got to eat your bread. You got to get ready. You also got to know that the Holy Spirit's inside of you. The Lord Jesus lives in, in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have a badge. You have authority of power. It's, it's not expressed yet. And the third step to get ready uh, to wear the armor involves Christ in you the, who gives you the power, the authority to exercise his might. And might means endowed with prevailing mental, moral, and physical ability to exercise power correctly and under control. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what that word means. I, I try to make the definition as simple. I, I get it from several sources, from Thayer's, from AMG, from Muncie's Bible Dictionary, from a host of other sources I have. But in, might means to endowed with prevailing prevailing mental, moral, and physical ability to exercise power correctly and reasonably. In other words, your power is under the control of the Lord. Because you know him, he knows you, you wear the badge, and now you're trusted to wear the badge correctly because you have been changed mentally and morally how to have strength, so you don't go off hat-cocked and trying to cast out every devil in the world and do stupid things and, and, and abuse the spiritual gifts and all kinds of things. You, your power is under control. You have the ability to correctly exercise the power that God gives, such as the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I call are the justice gifts to bring justice into the world, to set people free, to spread the gospel, to get people healed up, to give good news to the crushed in spirit, to heal the brokenhearted. To set at liberty the, those that are held captive. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. To open the eyes of the blind. To teach uh, that you're acceptable to God. There's also consequences for sin called God's wrath. That abides on people. You're teaching the whole counsel of God. It's all about getting the good news into the world. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are used to battle lawlessness. And the works of the enemy. And help sets free. As well as to train and equip them for living according to God's kingdom principles. Not the world's. And you, great, you need great mental and moral strength only that's given from the Lord. Or the Holy Spirit inside of you. Which God's will is what? Sanctification. So you get your mental capacities. And you get balanced in your head so to speak. Okay. You get sanctified. <laughs> Alright. And, and what else do you do? You get a moral compass you know right and wrong so you won't stray away from the lord and be deceived in the last days of following after something you shouldn't follow after and you get the physical ability to exercise the spiritual gifts under the control of the lord in other words that's how you get ready to put the armor on that part of spiritual warfare is kind of missed so much they don't, people don't talk about sanctification how important that is so getting ready involves knowing that you are strong in the lord and and in the strength of his might so becoming strong in the lord comes by getting ready to perform what what christ jesus desires to do with his power through us who believe okay so we need to get ready before we can put on the armor i'm going to read verse 10 out of the New King James with the definitions added in. Finally, my brethren, be strong, strengthened, made with vigorous, enduring strength in the Lord and in the power, the authority of his presence, of his might, endowed with the prevailing mental, moral, and physical ability to exercise power correctly. That is how we can stand against the evil in the evil days. So how do you do these things, folks? 
before we put on the armor we simply need to get ready folks amen however there you are you're all ready to put on the armor but something is hindering you from wearing it or even trying it on or you only wear a part or two and you end up getting shellacked why because the epic mask invoke demon zones that are loosed upon you because the devil doesn't want you to put on your armor or even know what it is exactly so ezekiel 13 reveals again uh, verse 22 because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad who whom i'm not made sad and you have strengthened the hands of the wicked so he does not turn from his wicked ways to save save so what happens is you don't know how to put on the armor because all the stuff coming at you through these attacks, these deific masks, or whatever's happening to you in your world, in your demon zone that's attacking, the heart is disheartened. Uh, the wicked seem like they're only ones that prosper. Some people say they just give up and say, why fight? It's just too hard because this is a battle. Or you may feel like, I'm not worthy, you know, I've done this repeating sin, and I'm not worthy, God can't love me. If I ain't Samson, God can find somebody else. Somebody already cut my hair, I have no strength left, you know. You know, God's not going to listen to me, you know, I'm a nobody. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. That's what people think. I'm tired, I don't, I'm just tired. It's, it's following Jesus doesn't work. What, who, me, God really want to use me? No, no, God did it all. I don't need to do anything. I can sit on the couch, drink root beer, and eat bonbons. Or you can look outside. Well, that sky is awful stormy. I better run and hide so the devil don't bother me. I'm just going to just take the easy way out. So the question comes, can we be free from the lies that make us want to give up and crawl under a rock that cause us to be dominated by demon zones in our life? And the answer is yes. We can defeat these. How? By knowing that God has our back. In fact, listen to what God says in Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 20, 21, and 23 out of the New King James. What he says about to all those who practice the dark arts. Ezekiel 13, verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls there like birds. I'll tear them from your arms. Let the souls go. Let the souls go like you hunt like birds. Verse 21. I'll tear off your veils, tear off the deific mask, and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall no longer be as prey in your hand. And then you will know that I am the Lord. He's talking about the people practicing him. God's going to take care of the people. He's also declaring to the Lord himself is declaring to the principality, Bug off my people. I'm ripping the veils off my people. Therefore you shall no longer envision futility, nor practice divination, for I'll deliver my people out of your hand, and you who practice this stuff will know that I am the Lord, and those who are delivered from this stuff, from the discouragement and disheartenedness, will know that the Lord is for you, because he removes the veils from your eyes and your ears, you set you free, folks. So will you spend time in the Bible learning who God is and how much he loves you, and because of this, that he will back you up do you realize that folks how it's important to know that god backs you up well folks we need to wear the armor of god in the last days to wear involves getting yourself ready and fresh for the fray for your for your busy day you know we're in a spiritual war you know and we get ready by being strong in the lord and in the power and authority of his might let me make it even simpler to understand. Getting ready involves spending your time getting to know God, and that comes by the Bible as well as your prayer life. Getting ready, getting cleaned up on the inside, and lastly, know who has our 
facts. Why? Well, because the occult world uses deific masks and veils to channel to the world the works of darkness and use these to attack all who oppose their ways. Thus we see their works breaking out over the entire world, do we not? These masks, these veils create demon zones that we now see and experience. With this, let me remind you all that as the Apostle Paul spoke in Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle or war against people who are under the influence of this type of spiritual foe that are sent by these people taken captive by the devil's will. This is where you turn such people over to the Lord to deal with. You turn them over, just as it says in Ezekiel 13.23. Then you... Speaking of those people, will know that I am the Lord. In other words, he will stop their futility of their divination. Yes, he's going to stop their deceptions. He's going to stop their fraud and deceit. All conjured up by divination. All designed to create chaos to make God's order useless and worthless on this earth. Yes, God will stop them by either converting them to himself to, to become born again by the power of the gospel, or he will deal with them in the harshest terms, as it is written in the Bible, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And in the upcoming days, folks, we need to be able to get through all this. We need to wear and use the armor of God so we can stand against all the wiles of the devil. Would you like that? Well, next time, we will explore this more so we can stand against the wiles and the schemes of the devil and his minions and intercede for others like we have never done before and find some victory in our lives. So stay tuned, folks. Well, folks, this is the Christian Marauder. Till next time, be blessed in Jesus' name that he keeps us all from the evil one. Amen and amen.